Well, have y'all ever heard of this game, Final Fantasy 13? Yeah. I've heard of it. Heard of That's it. the one with Pac-Man, right? That's right, and it's pretty good. It's actually, pretty, actually, pretty really good. That you're thinking of Final Fantasy 1 through 12. This is the one with Miss Pac-Man. Ah, uh, right. How foolish of me. I know. Well, I'm I guess maybe clearly not, Final not Fantasy uh, 6, but. qualified to be on this podcast, which is the Every Evan. Evan? Who the fuck's Evan? Hi, I am your host, Every Evan, Evan. FF. Uh, Evan FF. Every um, Evan Essence. <laughs> this is the Every Evan FF podcast. Um, I am Carl Germ. I'm Curtis Ware. I'm Alex. Damn, we got I've the full name. I've never said my last name. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> we got Alex. <laughs> just <redacted. laughs> yeah, just beef it out. Um, uh, we're talking about Final Fantasy thirteen. We're we're right. back uh, to the listeners. It's been no time at all. It's been the normal amount of time for us. It's been a little bit more time. So the rust. If you're here for that early season rust, thinking it's gone, then bam, it's right back. Well, that's baby. what like that's what delivers all the flavor. You know, it's kind of like seasoning a cast iron pan. Yeah, exactly. You just gotta leave all that grime on. You never yeah. wash your podcast off. Yeah, that's why you have to put your cast iron pan in the sink and put as much laundry detergent and dish detergent and all of that <laughs> in there and really just get deep in there to clean it real good. That's right. I just put it in the dishwasher. <laughs> I just go to McDonald's, so I don't want to clear that whole mess. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and you know where else I go is the Pulse Vestige, which let's discuss right now. How do you pronounce that word? They say vestige. Is it vestige? Yeah, they say vestige, I think. Good. But <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I think I was also thinking of the word visage when I was trying to pronounce <laughs> like it face. in my stupid dumb head. Um, it is a real word. The, uh, yeah, the vestige. What yeah. is the... Uh, a vestige is like a remaining, right? It's it means sort like of like an atrium. It says a trace. <laughs> yeah. A trace of something that is disappearing or no longer exists. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like an echo. Quite uh. Also, in biology, a part of an organ of an organism that has become reduced or functionless in the course of evolution. Oh, like, like a vestigial tail. Yes. Intriguing. <laughs> um, that makes sense. Singular. That actually makes sense to call it this, too, because like we learn in the data logs. I don't remember where this pops up in the data logs. I thought it was like a vestibule. A, ve- a vestibule. This pops up in the data logs for this episode that... um. Uh, I think it's fine to say here because I don't really remember when it pops up and it's not part of the immediate plot that we're dealing with. But in the data logs during chapter two, if you look in them, you can find uh, some that explain what this place is. I think it's actually the data log for this place, for the Pulse Vestige, right? And um, they say in it that, like, in the past, there have been wars between Pulse and Cocoon. And, like, when Cocoon was damaged, they just wholesale took whole buildings from uh from pulse and just like patched cocoon up using that and so like they're they're just like well that's got a lot of steel and materials fuck it and you just throw like a whole skyscraper in to like (laughs) to make your city like well again so it's so it's likely then that this uh world that we're thrown into in final fantasy 13 is the same world as the katamari damacy world <laughs> and so, yeah. uh, the vest katamari, is basically yeah. just a, a giant katamari ball well yeah, i was gonna say the prince or is the just cocoon, a, a falsy yeah <laughs> yeah he's just a little guy just a he's just a little, he's a little tiny falsy <laughs> he's a little lonely rolling star Oh, that's cool. I didn't see that in the data logs. Uh, I've not been good uh, doing my uh, my summer reading uh, <laughs> of the data logs. Um, There's a lot of it. Yeah. 
I'm here for you on it. I'm here. I, I'm enjoying. Do you want to speak on the data logs a little bit, Alex? <laughs> I think uh, there's been a bit of a significant change um, with your <laughs> relationship to the data logs since the last time we recorded. If I'm not mistaken. Oh uh, yeah, we had like two weeks off, and so I just freaking data dumped all the the text from the game and actually just organized it in a wiki, which I'm going to start pooling information as we come through it at uh, our every fnff.info, which I did put our, the entire data log from this game up in there. It's real nice looking. <laughs> yeah, it's very handy. It's, it's oh, very I need to make to a login for it. <laughs> I need to be able to log into this and have a cool gamer name as my uh, my username. Yeah, we it. like we do wiki edits. We'll just put on there. <laughs> we'll put our own stuff. Curtis in there. stinks. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just like one of the data logs, just at the bottom. And <laughs> we need an army of moderators for this new wiki <laughs> <laughs> to stop specifically the three of us from <laughs> to, to specifically stop me from like getting drunk and writing mean things about. It my, just, my yeah, it just friends. tells us who Psycom is, but in the middle it says, like, Carl is smelly. <laughs> <laughs> See, that could happen because I've been trying to, like, not read it too much because I don't want to spoil anything for myself. Gotcha. Well, uh, so let's see. I guess we go ahead and get into it. Do we have anything else we want to talk about first? Or? No. We're in the vestige. Yeah. So they basically grafted, like, just leftover buildings on the outside of Cocoon? Yeah, I guess so. I guess that's why this would be here because, like... I think we've already learned, right, that this is something that, like, Psycom found, and that everybody who was around this uh, this vestige was getting purged, right? It's like the big prize? Yeah. It's the big prize, that's right, except this time being around the big prize means you have to be deported. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, that's where we start, and I think we're in an area called the Sacrarium, which is a gross the first time i've ever heard that there's a word. lot of really dumb words in this chapter it's like <laughs> sacrium or something like that yeah like sacrarium yeah i'm gonna look it up um it's an aquarium for uh for your sack for your sack yeah. oh you know what somebody told me on the uh, on the um on the stream where i was doing my homework actually what it is it's the sanctuary area of a church oh so i think like the, like the main room is the sacrarium my sanctuary. <laughs> God, that song. My sacrifice. Makes. I'm sorry. That's not even. But similar. we are inside this place, and we don't really have a sense of scale of what it, how big it is from the outside because we don't see how we get in. That's right, right. But we have to assume that it's quite large. We should also probably say who we are, uh, just because this game likes to jump around a lot with the characters that you are. So we yeah, are right so now controlling Vanille. Yeah, right. we last left off with Vanille and Hope shooting off for the vestige and then fades to black and then we're inside the vestige we hear some sound of them crashing and uh slap sticky sounds <laughs> yeah, yeah, boing, yeah. Boing. whoa boing, boing, boing. <laughs> and uh yeah so they come too and they're kind of like laying in a pile on top of each other um, yeah, i expected to see like a hole in the wall or something but you don't really see how they entered the place so i have no idea how big the vestige is to a person right right it's yeah. quite strange it's kind of just like any area in this game so far that we've come across. It's kind of like suspension of disbelief where you're like, well, functionally, this this doesn't really look like it makes a whole lot of sense, but it looks cool and I'm just going to, you know, go along with it. Yeah. Yeah. And the area does look very cool. It's uh, very gold. Um, they, they, they look at this area is really good. I was actually thinking while I was um, like while we were running around as Vanille, we can kind of pan the camera around and try to see what the area looks like, which side note, you can't tilt the camera up and down very much at all i've noticed right. like you can kind yeah. of like you can do it around really easily but if you want to see over like a balcony or you just shit out of luck <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. but yeah we should also mention that yeah before we even control the character we 
they crash, they come to, and yeah, there's just a little like oopsie. <laughs> and then did you see a uh, Vanille after like after like oops? Oh, I guess we're okay. She does the like metal like rock on fingers. Oh yeah, like the horns. She does. She does the. She does the double horns. She did that, and I'm wondering too. She did that last episode where she was like, I I forget what she said specifically, but she does it almost in like a prayer hand sort of thing. Like she puts two mm-hmm, of the yeah. horns together, and I was like, dude, that is so much fucking cooler than like the the the, uh, Yevin, the, the Yevin Yevin hands. Yeah, yeah. Like she's throwing up some fucking gang signs, dude. You gotta do that at like metal shows. <laughs> Just like do the double <laughs> horns. Doing that at the Zaku show tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, it's funny cause, uh, so she does that and she, uh, she says, oh, I guess we're all alone. Um, and hopes like, what did you expect? Even soldiers know not to go near the foul sea. Because if you go near it, you may come in contact with the foul sea. Mm-hmm. And if you come in contact with the foul sea, you become a lussie and then you're finished. He's like, that's it for you. And I like that. She kind of like, is she it seems like she gets a little mad or something and she goes oh what do you mean finished huh like like she's like you know what i mean like she has a little yeah. bit of an attitude mm-hmm. about it but hope hope's just like oh what were we thinking i can't believe what we're doing but she kind of helps him up and like pats him on the head and stuff and is like it's all right we're gonna make it through this let's just get moving right right but yeah this place it's very uh i don't want to say gilded it's it kind of feels almost like a later stage level from another Final Fantasy where everything's kind of technological, but still very, like, almost a church-like. Like, yeah. even in one of the room, it looks like there's almost like a giant organ or something. Yeah. Uh, it's um, And there's sometimes cogs in the floors and stuff. Yeah. Um, I like how the, the floors also kind of look like they have, like, really nice marble around, like, the 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 gold edges. Like, it's, it's very ornate. Like, it makes sense that it would yeah. be, like, a church. And, and there's also cool, like, statuary of uh, shit that, like, when I looked at it, I was like, this just looks like, sh- like, cool shit from Twilight Princess when you're in, like, the Twily realm or whatever. Mm. Like, it looks like Midna's cool hat. <laughs> I don't want to, like... Exactly. I'm, I'm going to do my best not to tip plot points earlier or anything like that but um to me when i was looking around this area right like right when we start if we look behind us like kind of like where the uh where the ship crashed at there's like a neat little like ornate uh like series of not statues they're kind of like built into the wall they could be functional in some way but to me they kind of like felt very like Mesozo, not Mesozoic, I'm sorry, Mesoamerican or like mm-hmm. Native American, possibly. Like it kind of has like that feel. There's a lot of that in this in design, including in like Vanille's outfit and all of the. Uh, That's yeah. what I was going to bring up. I was going to say that like Vanille's the only character that has that kind of feel. She's the mm-hmm. least phased by being here. And then there's a very like that, that kind of pattern, that kind of like um, pre pre colonial Americas, right? Man, what a coincidence. <laughs> anyway. Well, she quickly yeah. just finds something, like uh, her cool lacrosse stick. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. What, oh, I had So there's there's a uh, not a data log, but I uh, if you highlight items in the inventory, it'll tell you a little bit about them. And so she, like you said, she gets this, this stick. It's her weapon called the Belladonna Wand. Yeah, she's like, check this out. And she, like, goes behind, like, a big old pedestal, like, as if, like, did you know that was there? Or as if like she that? knew it was there, yeah. And it's like, doesn't look like it belongs in this environment either. So she's like, something was stashed here. And it is the weirdest fucking weapon. Like, yeah, it looks like it's made of antlers, but like, it looks like a lacrosse stick. But in battle, we'll find out that it has kind of a different mechanic. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of like a, 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 a whip? trident whip sort of thing. So it, it very, it, the, 
the way I was, it, it, it colored the way I think about it because in the description of it, it says it casts four lines. And I was like, it's a fishing rod. Holy <laughs> shit. <laughs> like, that's what it is. Because they like, because like, she like whips this, this stick and these like essentially four fishing lines with like barbs on the end come out and hook into the enemies and she whips it around and shit. It's the wildest shit I've ever seen. It's extremely I was like, they're, cool. Yeah, they're, they're, they're going past the realm of like believability way far with this, but it's tight. So it's like, all right, yeah, I'll, it's, I'll let it slide. It, the weapon designs are it's wild. It's to the effect of making something cool as shit, which I am definitely here for. <laughs> right. Yeah, and the weapon, I agree, the weapon designs are wild, and I like that all the different weapons have different designs, too. So I like, feel like yeah. fishing with four lines would only be useful if they all bit at the same time. Yeah, that's why you have to be a really good fisherman to handle it. <laughs> <laughs> it's all about the timing. Um, and then uh, Hope, I think Hope just kind of has his weapon on him. Um, yeah, it's just like a fold-up boomerang. Yeah, it's a fold-up boomerang. <laughs> Which like I think is okay. I, I was I was like, all right. You could have brought that gun. Yeah, no, he just had a gun earlier. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it's but we do get ambushed by pantherons right really quickly just to kind of get us. We do. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We actually see them in the cutscene like as Vanille is kind of like showing off a little bit and doing her cute little like dance, holding her you know fish fishing rod. Um, yeah. A pantheron that's just on top of like a pillar kind of notices a sleepy cat. and uh, a sleepy cat. Yeah, Sleepy Catboy gets uh, the zoomies and comes right for us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my cat does the same thing with fishing line. <laughs> yeah, my cat's favorite toy is like a, a piece of wire that has three little, like, or five little, like, cardboard cylinders at the end of it. <laughs> um, it's like a dollar twenty-five. Goose will go freaking bananas if I'm changing my strings on my base. Yeah, She'll yeah, just, yeah. Like, cats love this. I am always incredibly surprised how restrained our cat shrimps is when i'm changing guitar <laughs> strings does not give a shit about those he'll like look at him and be like is that a thing to play with and then just always decide no yeah, he's more <laughs> of a uh, nah. percussion head that's right yeah yeah so, he's really <laughs> yeah if i had some like minor fucking symbols out he'd be going nuts <laughs> tune in the drum head he just goes fucking buck wild <laughs> i do like vanille's uh, idle stance it's very cute she has a little bit of a boogie Everybody in this game has a little bit of a dance going on. She has like a side to side sway. It's really good. I agree. Yeah, I, like I really that. like controlling her because she's very bouncy and she like just kind of like it's like very bubbly and like cutesy. Is it, I, she's yeah. the one who flings her arms out <laughs> to her side as she's running. She's doing the anime thing, which is not good for posture or as you're running. But yeah, it looks bad on the on the joints. Imagine running that sidewalk and just punching everyone in the face as you're walking by. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she has the Yuna from Ten Two Run, which we will discover eventually. I'm excited Ooh. for that. Um, mm. But yeah, not too much is going on in this area. There's a couple of enemies and there's kind of a new mechanic that they like. You might not even notice it. Like it took me a couple of times of doing this where you might see one of those like sphere treasure chest things that are kind of floating in the distance that you can go and try and grab. But you will not be able to interact with it until the enemies that are within its vicinity are taken out yeah so i was trying to mm -hmm. like be more stealthful because this game is obviously very much like saying hey you can just avoid battles entirely um yeah. even though i don't like doing that in jrpgs i like fighting everything i've been trying to just do it more since it seems like that's the route that the game wants you to go but yeah. I, I went up to this um treasure chest and i couldn't open it and then i started fighting these little guys i think they're called uh zwerg Scandroids, 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 Zwanzigs, yeah, Zwanzig Scandroid. 
They. I thought they looked like hula girl, hula girl gonk droids. No, what they are, <laughs> I'll tell you exactly what they are. They are hula hooping, but they are little Among Us. Amogus is. Oh, the little Amogus. They're, they're the little Among Us guys. And they're like they, low poly Amogus, yeah. They, they're very cute. How could I have not have seen that? <laughs> I saw it and I made everyone pissed off that I called it that because they're like, well, now I can't fucking unsee that. Like, yeah, now just, I can't either. They're just That's Among I Us. See. I can't believe this game ripped off Among Us. I was like, oh, they kind of look like the little droid from Star Wars Episode 4 that I don't know what it's called or how to describe it, but it beeps like this. Picker. <laughs> you know re real episode foreheads know the one i'm talking about <laughs> episode forehead there's, there's gonna be one <laughs> star wars nerd yeah. who's like you fucking idiot that's h732 yeah, like, and that guy is me you fucking fool <laughs> it's the one that chewy yells at <laughs> and then it reverses and goes down the hallway. Oh, the mouse droid. <laughs> the mouse droid. Chewie, Chewie's the dog that's allowed to have a gun, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Frankly, I think every dog should have a gun. <laughs> Only a good boy can stop a bad guy. With a gun. <laughs> uh, uh, one thing I did notice that you probably have already been kind of like hinting at is um, Vanilla has three ATB bars. She does. Yeah. Um, she, she, which is more than anyone else that we've been being able to play as so far yep. and then which means she can just whip out three attacks she can but one the one thing she cannot do right now is any kind of blitz so she only has one command right now and it's attack and i mean anybody can use items that's you can always use items so i guess there's that too but she doesn't have like a an area attack right yeah i think items also don't like potions don't use an atb gauge right no mm -hmm. yeah so oh and we also get black and white outfitters unlocked i think after our first battle here. we do bnw outfitters we get oh i don't even think is, i noticed that is that just like a new store like addition to unicorn mark it is DLC or something like and that? the description for it is insanely long let me see if i can find it online <laughs> oh no <laughs> because like it's when you go into the um oh there actually is a real bnw outfitters yeah they had a real good business collaboration with oh, yeah. Final Fantasy. yeah you find the ff13 one i'm just gonna read the, <laughs> the one that's an actual store Born and bred in the heartland of the United States, we're a brick-and-mortar store and online retailer. We stock firearms and products from many top brands on the market. I mean, it sounds like wow. it would be pretty fitting in this world. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. In the heartland of Cocoon. Now, as for FF13... <laughs> yeah, I mean, while you guys are um, looking for that, I can kind of just go over what the game is tutorializing here a little bit. It's basically just... They have a primer that comes up about aggression and preemptive strikes. Pretty much, like, self-explanatory. On your mini-map, um, when enemies kind of see you, there'll be, like, a J.J. Abrams lens flare that happens. That was very confusing <laughs> to me when I first saw it. I was like, that's got to mean something. And then I walked, like, two steps later, and I was like, oh, here's where they explain that exactly. Um, <laughs> but basically, you can sneak by enemies if you want to, uh, and if they aren't aware of you being there and you encounter them you get a preemptive strike it's not just all about screaming preemptive strike uh this is the, the <laughs> functional way you do it in the game yeah do it the um, right way don't do it the way a lightning tried to yeah and there's also a couple of uh items that are like spoils in these battles it's called like uh fortisol um 
Deceptisol, and I think it talks about Deceptisol here as well, where it's basically the repel item in Pokemon, where it makes you harder to detect by enemies. So you can spray that aerosol can and uh, use it. And then the other ones are like, they'll give you buffs before your next battle. So like the Fortisol, I think, gives you like a bunch of status things like haste and bravery or some shit. Like I I forget this. It's like like invisibility cream. (laughs) Yeah, it's the invisibility (laughs) cream. It's just like it's cortisol, which is like for like inflammation or whatever like, yeah a, a cool thing that speedrunners do i think is when they use their fortisol um they can get a little extra use out of it by uh twisting off the cap and then filling it with water and using that a couple more times you know when they're on a, <laughs> they're on a budget that's uh, good <laughs> i know as we're exploring around this area there um there's a few moments where we find out there's another ship here already that has also crashed there is and i only know one other person who's been on one of these ships in this game this far I'm only seen Godot. Sephiroth. And they say that a hero can save <laughs> us. Curse is still Googling. I really need a uh, a sound bite of just that fucking Chad Kroger song. <laughs> I'm not Google. I'm going through my um, I'm, go- I'm going through my Twitch playthrough to try to find where I went to the store at. Oh, wait, I probably could have just looked this up because I have. I found it. Oh, you I'm found just, it? It's going to have some extra fluff on it because this is straight from the game files okay ready <clears throat> city life getting you down answer the call of the wild with bmw gear to protect you a trek through the lowlands is a walk in the park why not leave the hustle and bustle behind and return to nature it could be just the vacation your soul needs oh that's so <laughs> incredible <good>. sounds <laughs> when- almost exactly like the one that i just read from the real bmw <laughs> <laughs> when the weight of the world has got you down and you want to end your life, you've got bills to pay, a dead end job, and problems with, the, with wife. the wife. Well, don't throw in the towel. There's a place right down the block. At BMW you- Outfitters, you can yeah. get everything you need for your. <laughs> can I get a flaming mow there? <laughs> Hell yeah, you can get a flaming mow there. <laughs> Happiness is just a BMW Outfitters away. <laughs> <laughs> well, in the next conversation, we know that Earth exists, mm. so this is probably the same BMW Outfitters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, do we learn that Earth exists? Uh, so, uh, in the next conversation... I was say, did somebody say the word Earth? Yes. So, by the way, while, while we're running around as Vanille and Hope, like you were saying, there's several battles. We're kind of, like, traversing over a lot of the, um, the debris and, like, the areas and stuff. So, there is, like, a section here, right? And then, yeah, we move on. But eventually, Hope is like, aren't you scared? Yeah, we just kind of hit a cutscene trigger. Not my favorite thing in games. Um, I think I talked about it a lot in the Final Fantasy X season where I wanted to explore more. And then I'm like, whoops, hit a cutscene. And now I can't come back here until the end of the game, apparently. Okay, it triggers when you're approaching uh, what looks like the end of the Sanctarium where the door is kind of glowing red. Yeah. yeah. We can't we can't progress past that point. But we trigger a little cutscene and like Hope says, aren't you scared? And Vanilla's like, oh, not so much. Yeah, and she uh, and hopes like you really don't get it, and then she's like kind of uh, just really has to like yeah, she she's like hope what? thinks that she's being really naive, but like no, you don't get like she just kind of just basic exposition. No, you like, listen to me, yeah, exposition yeah, yeah. dump. Let's go. Pulse falsy and Lissy are bad news. That's why Cocoon kicked them out. Live too close to the falsy, one way ticket to Pulse. That's the purge in a nutshell. And uh, Hope says that they catch us here, they'll purge us too, and then, and then Vanilla's just like, what's your problem? She says, she she goes, what's your problem? It's funny too, because like, when I heard that, I'm like, yeah, get him, like, take him down a peg or two. And then like, Alex, you pointed out to me, you're like, yeah, his mom like just died. And I was like, (laughs) I was, I was thinking about the first, the thing is, 
And I, I need everybody who's listening to the podcast right now to realize that I have not played Lightning Returns, okay? I know that shit goes fucking wild in that one. However, as somebody who's only played one and two, the first time I played this game, I was like, God, I cannot fucking stand hope i fucking hate him so much and every subsequent playthrough i've been like he's a fantastic character because this is exactly how i would be acting at his age i'd be yeah. like we're gonna fucking die like i'm so fucking freaked <laughs> out right now and i yeah, was like of course no Shit's actually scary. he's the most relatable character like, <laughs> like this is terrifying truly yeah he's the shaggy dude in this thing where like you, you make fun <laughs> of him for being like the kind of scary guy like no he's He's smart not to go into that. Yeah, he's, not he's the one rational it. character. He's, he's the like, fucking Squidward. He's the Squidward. You're like, I love SpongeBob and Patrick, but if they were my fucking neighbors or my coworkers, I'd want to fucking throttle their, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, just... Right, right. Oh, I was thinking of Cabin in the Woods, the one guy who's just con so stoned that the... Uh, the oh, the shit doesn't the big, work on oh, him. I would go ahead and not read the Latin or whatever. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why would we split up, guys? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so she, she gives him a hug and it says... We'll be okay. Calm down. Yeah. yeah, after she says, what's your problem? He says, what's my... Pulse is hell on Earth. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah. Hell on Earth. Oh, you're right. They say Earth. Holy shit. Earth Heaven exists. on Earth, hell on wheels. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Heaven or hell, let's rock. But yeah, she she hugs him and kind of comforts him and... Um, or tries to. Tries to, yeah. And he kind of just shrugs her off and says, like, get off me. You know, like he's... It, yeah. it, it doesn't sound like there's a lot behind that, you know? I think he like definitely wants some affection, but he's kind of just like you know he's obviously she's being a little smothery. Yeah, he he's yeah. he's in no mood right now. Maybe some toxic positivity. Yeah, he's like hey, we yeah. just uh like my mom just died and we just like stole a ship and are like going straight to like the thing I do not want to be anywhere near right now, the cause of all our problems. Yeah, yep. and I get it too. He you know he kind of like because of your peer pressure. Yeah. There's actually a lot in this episode, a, a lot of kind of like exposition dumping done in like an elegant way where it's characters just interacting with each other, but summing things up. And he kind of goes into details about like what he was doing before this that kind of puts this into perspective as well. Right, where you're like, right. oh, okay, I can understand why he's so standoffish and wants nothing to do with any of this because he's just, you know, a, a very he's much a victim, so a victim of circumstance. Of circumstance. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but he, this scene is uh, interrupted by uh, the best hero that we've met so far. Uh, and he's saying, Sarah, can you hear me? Where are you? Fucking hear Snow's voice booming down the hallways. Yeah. Hope recognizes the voice and uh, is not not too happy to be here. Oh, he's dude. not pleased. He's not pleased hearing that voice. Yeah. But we do get a scene change and now we are somewhere else in the vestige, I assume, uh, with Snow. With Snow? Yep, we play and Snow. If if you're a fan of Euclidianness, then I got bad news for you because this is a <laughs> non-Euclidean. This is a cloister, baby. Oh, it's yeah. a cloister from FF10. That's what we're in. Yeah. Uh, except the puzzle is that we need to turn on a switch. Thank God. You hit one button. It's the same cloister of trials I have every night before going to bed, which is turning off a light switch. <laughs> <laughs> I like at one end of this room. There's like what to me looks like a much smaller version of the vestige like i don't know if it looks kind of like a fallacy or like a, a weird oh, angel yeah. or something it has big old uh giant nipples it has big it. wheel nipples <laughs> yeah <laughs> and it's just it's just hanging out it's and the vestigial the, vestige yeah the vestigial vestigial vestige are two layers deep 
Um, but there's really not a lot here, right? Like we just run yeah. around. There's like things like an item or two. There's like some gill. There's like two paths behind us that we can go to. Um, one of them I think has a treasure. The other one has like nothing. nothing the the yeah. treasure isn't super like remarkable. It's no. it's just like two potions. But um, we change scenes to snow twice, and every time if you turn 180 degrees, there's an item right behind you. Yeah, I think. Yeah. This game does that a lot, by the way. That's that's a good thing to keep a keep track of. Yeah, we we um we can see down like staircases that lead to nowhere, and then like much lower we see more part of the structure, which pretty much immediately we find out once snow hits the the switch or whatever, it kind of rearranges everything and makes it more of a path for us. Right, yeah, it, like completes like a little weird puzzle thing. It's pretty cool. They're all it's kind of floating, but they, I love that um, once they're all connected, the entire floor glows red. It does for just to a moment. Kind of show you this one piece. It's a very cool visual. And then a gate, I think, with like a giant, like weird symbol, like a big tribal tattoo at the other end, where the yeah. uh, smaller vestige is, turns on. And I think that's like where a lift is enabled or something like that. A lift is enabled, and it comes down to snow. Yeah, and then you yeah. you get on it as snow. Yeah, yeah. The, the the puzzle aspect of this is that, um, like I was saying earlier, with the uh, treasure chest, um, you can't interact with the switch until you kill the two pantherons that are right there. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, but before we see Snow go to the uh, lift, we do get another cutaway now to Lightning and Saz, who are somehow here as well. The dream team. Fuck yeah, dude. So they somehow made it here. I was about to mention also last episode. Why did they have to jump off of the? The bridge, the lift, the yeah. Why can't they just like take the bridge down? Because it's flying away, right? Yeah, Lightning does things her own way. All right. Speaking of her doing things her own way, they're um, they're clearly like locked into like whatever storage container ass place that they're in, and there's that there's that red glowing door. Oh, maybe they took the front door. Maybe that's how they got in. I was gonna say they probably are like kind of still on the outside and not in the main body of the vestige, and that that like red door is is preventing them from getting in right and she's like attacking it with her sword yeah she's doing things her own way and she has only one way which is attack the shit out of it she's just like <laughs> whipping the fucking door with her like cool gun sword thing it Saz is just like sitting at the side and he's just like hi you're not gonna get it done that way <laughs> yeah he's like still not budging huh like yeah i think the door is winning <laughs> <laughs> oh my god so good i love how sassy he is he fucking rules i and then like then this scene happens and like I love FF13, but I will say that I don't, uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure about this one uh, because so Lightning says, uh, like she's basically having a moment of doubt. She stops attacking the door and she says, "This is my fault." Like it, the, whatever's happening, like this is you know I did this, and then she says, "Cover your ears." To Saz and Saz is like, oh shit, she's gonna use a bomb or something. She's gonna use like a blast charge. Blast charge, dude. Yeah, and so he like runs away from where she is, right, and like. He kneels down and covers his ears and, like, you know, protects his head because he thinks he's getting ready to set Talk off like cover. a bomb. Yeah. And she, like, goes up to the door and puts her hand on it and very softly says, I'm sorry. And the door opens for her, right? Mm-hmm. Which, the only reason I have an issue with that is that I don't know about that because I think the fallacy is controlling the vestige, not Sarah. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I didn't like as we were like playing through this for as I was playing through this for the first time. I was just like, "That's fucking weird." But I think it it's it's alluding to the fact that Sarah, who we're about to meet, um, is the one keeping the door closed. 
Yeah. I, I do see what you're saying, Curtis, where it's like it should be the, the fallacy. And well, no, I the, think that it is saying that Sarah should be keeping the door closed or whatever. But I'm like, but Sarah's just a puppet of that fallacy. She doesn't really have any power here. Why would she be able to do that? Maybe we'll find out later that the fallacy has some sort of motives as well to maybe let us in. That's kind of what I was expecting is like this will make more sense in context and not be clunky uh like down the road um, sure obviously sure. i don't have as much information on the game that you do curtis but next episode i'll make the data log is going to explain in in stunning detail you know what it probably does good as hell and smart <laughs> it probably does actually <laughs> <laughs> maybe it was just coincidence maybe they just unlocked it yeah maybe she, um she did <laughs> maybe snowed unlocked it she yeah, did 999 yeah. damage to it, and then her just putting her hand up to it was the final the one, one last point of HP. It's the Elden yeah. Ring door. It's that wall in Elden Ring. <laughs> yeah, in the fucking in the in the volcano manner that everyone went nuts over. They're like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" If you're not familiar with what we're talking about in Elden Ring, <laughs> there was one wall that, like, the developers I think just like it was probably an old mechanic that they abandoned, but someone found out if you hit the door like uh, just as a wall enough times with like a weapon and i when i say enough times i mean like 90 times or something the wall just breaks and then becomes a doorway so then it's like oh great this in enormous game now i have to hit every fucking wall like 90 <laughs> to 100 times to see if it, it has something behind it <laughs> incredible but yes yeah, so i was like what how do you open it and then she just ignores him and keeps going i love how many times she it. just ignores Saz. yeah it's like oh, after you I win. Yep. I want to be lightning. I want to like anytime I do something like I fix someone's computer and they're like, whoa, how'd you do that? And I just fucking walk away. Yeah. <laughs> I have to be like, uh, here's a bunch of words that you don't understand. And you're going to politely say like, oh, like, oh, makes sense or something. It's like, we don't have to do this. Like, just come on. <laughs> I love all of his asides uh, because, yeah, I think that's actually where we learn about shrouds. This is where we learn about shrouds. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Technically. Um, but yeah, like all of his asides, if you decide not to like you know engage with things he says things like don't scare easy do you or like there you go stomping off on your own again yep and just little things like that i I do like the way that like dialogue is delivered between characters as they're walking around together it's pretty cool um i also i'm noticing while i'm watching back just the the tutorial part where it has like a three-page thing about you know the shrouds and and the fortisol mm -hmm. and the agisol and whatever i like that the characters are still very much in motion. This isn't just like a paused game. Like lightning is like shifting her weight to like her other leg and putting her arm on the, uh, on her yeah. uh, uh, other uh. hip and stuff. So it's like, as this is all going down, the characters are just standing there like fucking Mario falling asleep in Mario 64. <laughs> and then, um, so there's a, there's a lot of different enemies here, right? That we can kind of go through. Um, yeah, there's a lot more of, yeah, I forget what we fight. We fight a Myrmidon again. Again. Yeah. yeah. Which you can go back to episode one. Remember that guy? Yeah. The big, the big weird looks like it has three legs, but it actually has four. Um, yeah, the, more the Halo Hunter. Yeah. There's more Zwergs around, the little Amongos. God, I love There's this so, so many Amongos. Um, it's getting extremely sus in this. Do we describe what the different um, Shrouds do? Oh, yeah. What's the difference between them? So, okay. So there's, in this game, we'll, we'll later we'll have more control over this, but there are two different kinds of buffs. There are like, I guess, physical and magical buffs, maybe is a good way to describe it. And so we have two different kinds of aerosols or shrouds, one that applies 
all magical buffs to all your characters before the battle begins. So you just go in and you're just throwing all kinds of like high damaging magic and you're, you know, have shell on, etc. And then the same thing for like the other one has like physical. Uh, you have like higher attack. You can defend against moves better. Um, and then there's one uh, called Deceptisol. Which, when you use that, enemies can no longer detect you when you're running around. So if you run into an enemy while you have a Deceptisol on, you just get a preemptive strike. Which nice. I did accidentally immediately in the tutorial because I <laughs> my brain first went to like, oh, I need to hoard this until the end of the game and then be like, oh, should well, I have 17 of these? So I will say, this, in, in my experience, and again, d your experience may change, right? Uh, this is a good game to actually hoard those in because... <laughs> Some Curtis, battles. right now, right now, what Curtis, what I'm hearing Curtis say is like this joke tweet that I saw recently, where it's like, did you know that 95% of all gamblers like quit gambling just before they hit it big? Keep on gambling, everyone. Like, that's what I'm hearing right now. Like, I don't need you to enable this. But yeah, I was like, okay, the game is obviously tutorializing me. I'm gonna just go through it for the due diligence of the show. Yeah. I'm gonna use the Deceptisol and and see how it works and stuff. And I walked yeah. by and the pantherons didn't notice me and i accidentally hey, like hit left a little bit and just walked into it and i was like oh fuck well i gotta fight them now anyway there are there are more than enough in the game to get you through it but there's not like an infinite amount and um some of the battles are really fucking hard and so sometimes using that preemptive to get like one of the enemies out of the way makes a big difference. So like sometimes like in later chapters when we're in like chapter like seven or eight or something like that, there may be like a battle that you're just having a like a fuck of a time with. Like I can't beat this battle. It's just a terrible setup. You can throw a Deceptisol on and maybe some of the other uh, shrouds and run into it and just fucking wipe the floor with that battle and kind of get past it. So in some way, I kind of see them as like a skip button for battles that you're especially having difficulty with. It's a repel, um, like in Pokemon. Yeah, it's almost it's like a, it's like a repel in Pokemon. But I mean, honestly, the the Septisol, I think is not just good for avoiding battles. I actually think it's an incredible offensive tool because you start with a preemptive strike, so you just start and everything is in stagger. Yeah, and so like you can usually like wipe one or two of the enemies out, even if you're having issues with them before the enemies even get their first turn. So like it's it's a very very strong tool, and I think that's why there's such a limited amount, and they don't really give them out. They give you a bunch in this chapter, and then not again. Nice. <laughs> like you'll find one here and there. Again, not a big deal if you already use one. That you'll be fine. Like there's there's more than enough to cover your butt. I can but. also uh, say that um, while I was just kind of like checking around uh, with Fortisol, you can actually like when you're trying to select it from just the overworld menu, it will tell you exactly what it does at the top. And for uh, Fortisol, it casts Bravery, Faith, and Haste all at the start okay. of the battle. Um, wow. Pretty much only one of those I have any kind of familiarity with uh, in terms of Final Fantasy. Bravery and Faith are um, attack up and magic attack up respectively. Nice. Makes sense. It's cheer. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's cheer. Yeah, so I really like this system. I'm excited to um, experience more of it. Yeah, I always I always forget that the shrouds exist until I'm getting pissed off at a <laughs> battle that I'm just like, I've died twice to this one encounter. And I go, oh, yeah, shrouds are a thing. Okay, let me just fucking wipe the floor with this battle real quick. Yeah, it's cool. They took some mechanics from in battle and kind of like pulled them out sure. a little bit yeah. so you can kind of engage with enemies differently which is the shrouds are like a plunger uh you don't really need them until you fucking need them <laughs> <laughs> and then you're like oh thank god i i, I have that <laughs> neither of you have died yet have you i have not no 
Um, there Both is... in this game and in real life. Oh, wow. I haven't, so that's, that's pretty damn. cool. God gamer. I'm going to try and keep that going for a, God another liver. couple of years, I think. Um, <laughs> a couple of years. Uh, yeah, I mean, all bets are off, dude. 2022, that's, God. That's fair. Um, <laughs> so I'll just go ahead and bring it up now or whatever, just in case somebody does die. This game is very forgiving with death. When you die in this game, you mentioned that you get to keep all of your XP, right? You keep everything and you just start a couple of steps away from the battle you right. just did. So oh, like cool. you can also pause and just retry the battle in yep. the middle of battle too. So if yep. you're like, oh, this isn't going well, let me try this again. You just retry. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So it's it's super handy in that way, and it doesn't like punish you. And like, cause like a lot of times, uh, for some of the bosses, and especially when we get to the Idolins, they'll kind of require certain setups, and you may get into the battle and realize that you don't have that setup or you didn't set your people up right, and so it's just you just go ahead and retry. Just hit retry, and then. Do your menuing then, and then go back into the fight. Good way to do it. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. But if we uh, kind of make our way down this particular hallway, and uh, a couple of battles again. There's the Miradon or whatever the thing's name is, and then eventually we get down to a battle that is just a Miradon and a Pantheron. Um, but once we get past that, there's a little cutscene that kind of starts where you know Lightning is just full steam ahead, and Saz is is not too far off behind her. Oh, I Saz's. love this cutscene. Says, uh, if, oh, he's if, he's just talking to himself, really, right? Yeah, kind of. I, I think mean, he's like he's, he's trying to make conversation with lightning, but it's lightning, so yes, he is just talking to himself. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like he's kind of talking to himself and meaning for her to hear what he's saying. You know what I mean? If those things are still around, might be some soldiers trapped in here too. Except they'd probably be Lassie by now, huh? Not even human anymore. Just post Lassie. Enemies of cocoon. Can't show him any mercy. Yeah. yeah. And, and like further just driving home this like terrifying uh Lassie thing, right? Mm-hmm. Like, oh my gosh, what is a Lassie? What, what, what who is that? Mm-hmm. You know? Because we know that everybody's being purged because of these these creatures or whatever yeah. this is, right? So like they're a big deal. It's like a plague or something. And then we get snow part two, where snow runs Back around to- and touches a button yeah i forgot this area is actually called house of stairs <laughs> jump around jump, jump, jump. <laughs> so the, it's the boring jump sequel up. to house of leaves oh hey, very they good. find a labyrinth but it's just a bunch of stairs <laughs> and then after that uh this is when he actually like turns on the lift right that's where he turns on the lift and he jumps on it and he like yells out he's jump like on it. Jump all on right it. baby your hero's on the way i love this line so much hang on baby <laughs> hang on baby I, we are heroes on the way and then we flash back to vanilla and snow so hope much. and we hear it echoing like almost like through like the vents or something yeah, yeah, like yeah they're oh, overhearing yeah. him say that as he's saying it and i love that just because we hear the line twice and it's like yeah. you know it's already like it's snow so it's kind of like his whole hero complex thing and him being like your hero's on the way and then hearing it exactly the same it's just that that's, with reverb on it <laughs> that's always funny to me because it's like in futurama when they had um when bender had to like be a wrestler or whatever and he had to fight a giant like wrestler and had to take a dive or whatever the robot comes out and he's like oh yeah just says, see you at the fight and then like it, it goes to a commercial and then it comes back and he goes so then i said see you at the fight and it's like the yeah. same vocal <laughs> sample and that shit is always funny to me <laughs> 
Um, and the, I have like on my screen right now. I have a picture of Hope, who looks exactly like I look whenever I hear uh, Snow talking. He's just pissed as shit. He can hear he can hear Snow being like, "Oh, your hero's coming," and he's like, "You son of a bitch, you yeah. motherfucker!" It sounds like he's in the shower. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Vanille says he's coming our way. Um, and Hope's like, "Yeah, but what am I gonna do? Nothing I say is gonna change anything, you know? Like, what should I do?" Um, and she's like encouraging him. But she says like, "Yeah, we could just run away." I love, yeah. I love this 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 thing that Vanille has about like just running away or whatever, because it seems like such a weird option in uh in a video game, right? Like, because like I've played many a JRPG and like people always like rise to meet a challenge that's like their thing, or they're unable to and they have to like be crafty and plot around it. But I love like Vanille's thing of just like let's just run away, let's just not deal with it. And like when Hope's like really fucked up, she's like, "Deal with it later." It's real unlike a JRPG to just let you run away from stuff. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, one kind of cool thing that uh, I noticed in the cutscene is that as like this is all happening and Hope hears snow and gets pissed off and stuff, we see kind of in the distance there's these like mechanisms that are glowing and there's like energy flowing through it and it pulls one of the staircases like from the lower level up so it's like yeah it might be like something with snow switching things yeah so when snow hit the switch that activated everything and it also worked in the lower level so that hope and vanille could go through so that's just a little you know set dressing that's like it it makes sense in the game why we couldn't proceed forward with them instead of just being like here's a cutscene here's a cutscene here's a cutscene you know it's like yeah, it, not necessary really but i i think that's a nice touch i agree yeah, I, I, like that the, I like that i like that kind of i mean it has happened the whole last chapter where there's like at least co-current events and like now that the characters are kind of starting to kind of converge yeah yeah they're all near each other the actions are now starting to kind of affect each other and it's pretty cool i agree now um i also love that even though this like i'm actually mentioned this when you were streaming that i think uh i read that the game designers like they actually divided up the art department basically had different people designing each section so each kind of area had its own like personality yeah i think it really shows like no no shared assets or anything but i love that even though like there's such a like a really nice design language in this area like each room kind of has a very specific kind of vibe to it like they with do. lighting and framing and stuff like the one with the organ at the end the one with the big vestige at the end uh, and like, like i feel like it'd be really easy to like get things very messy and look very samey yeah, yeah absolutely like, like some of the cloisters or whatever but this one they they do a really good job at making it seem very uh, clear that we're somewhere new when we go to a new room yeah I agree. it's, it's I agree. really an interesting way to uh design something like this now uh, at the at the risk of um, derailing the podcast too much, uh, I know that usually we wait for like a good a good moment, but I have to poop so bad. So I'm wondering <laughs> if maybe we should go ahead and take our break now. You got to so offload that I can your data go, logs. I got to go offload some data logs. I got to do a data dump, and then we can uh, pick that back up afterwards. <laughs> that sounds good to me. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll see you afterwards. Let's purge. <laughs> So we are back to Vanille and Hope. One of those yeah, they just again. got to a cool new area. Yep. And uh, uh, there's Hope is in awe because, like, again, this place I think has like another vestigey looking thing in it too, right? Or yeah, not a vestige. There's like another just giant like. There's these weird. There's a yeah, lot of cool. I don't know what they're supposed here. to be. They're like 
almost humanish. Like they're almost they they almost look like they're uh, symbols representing like a sentient creature, but it's hard to say. This actually reminded me because when we were on the trustway, um, every column I noticed had like almost like some sort of god looking like engraving on it or something like that which i'm really curious if we'll find out if that like corresponds to like a a summon or even a foul sea later if this yeah the relationship between like the religious and secular in final fantasy 13 is really weird like where all the it seems like all the people of the world lead incredibly secular lives but all the the motions, all the cogs that control the world are very like gods and goddesses and like these these cosmic entities that are moving things, right? It's very weird. Hmm. But as we come into like an opening, the center of this room, uh things get real creepy real fast, right? Oh yeah. 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 At the like at different ends of the of the room, they're like these kind of almost like like laser gates. And we start hearing these horrible like cries and moans coming down the hallways and we see these horrible basically like the the death eaters or whatever from like zelda or not death eaters uh, those the creepy things in the i'm trying to think of like the actual like zombie creature oh the re-deads the The re-deads they look look like re-deads from zelda yeah they they move in a very silent hill type way as well we kind of see them coming towards us and it's very like framey and and twitchy and it's it's i love that that's always i love when horror shit does that or curse will probably know they look a lot like some of the horrible black monsters from Resident Evil uh, Seven. Seven, oh, yeah, yeah, so, yeah. The the those the mold. horrible, the leech yeah. monsters. They kind of look like the mold. They're a little bit, yeah. The mold. The, the way they kind of move the, and just kind of slurp, slump around, and kind of. They they look like PlayStation Three renderings of putrid moldy man from uh, Earthbound. <laughs> it's like their bones are made of cooked noodles. <laughs> well, you know, it's really weird because like. Whenever I see these creatures, especially during this scene, right, I think it's supposed to be very horrific, but mm-hmm. like Final Fantasy is not really a horror franchise. And so the scene is not like scary in that like visceral way, right? No. Even though the creatures have all of the signs, they have like all of the, they check mark all the boxes, right? For like actual horror game creatures. But you're like mm-hmm. in a very large area. Your characters are empowered with these like fantastic weapons. And so it's not like, terrifying but it's weird how close to actual horror game like creatures these are they yeah there's something like if the closer to human it is it's like it reaches that kind of uncanny thing but it's so far beyond kind of what a human looks like that doesn't really seem scary anymore it just looks like a monster yeah Um. instead of like a horrible body horror thing which i think is technically what we'll which vanille mentions that these are yeah Um. what are they (sighs) see lucina failed this is what happens when Lassie don't complete the focus the Falsy gave him. Yeah, so... This is what happens when you find a stranger in the Alps as exactly. a uh, Lassie. Uh, yeah, yeah. Their design um, does look very much almost like kind of tree rooty, the way kind of things kind of form around them. There's like a giant yeah. red eye in the middle, but if you look closely, they actually have like some human face kind of... I that is- never noticed until this time through that they actually have... They retain like their human face, and it's just... It's just barely not covered up by this like black bark or whatever. This like weird skin that's on the outside. Almost looks like hands. Like it. it yeah. So like at their shoulders, it's very elongated, and they have like Resident Evil like two Birkin fucking claws. Yeah. Um. But it almost looks like they're their human hands are like covering their face like in agony. Sort oh, of. I can see like, that. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's almost yeah like 
they're kind of a host for like a parasite or something. Yeah. Yeah. It's could super easily, cool. It's a cool, cool concept. Is I like how Curtis says that uh, Final Fantasy games are not horror games, um, but I've I've gotten into a battle with a Tonberry before, so I don't know what the <laughs> fuck you're talking about. I'll let you know. I just did the uh, Tonberry fight in Final Fantasy VII remake. Love it. Love oh, yeah, that shit. Really, that was really so good. funny. Um, <laughs> they're like, get his ass. So anyway, yeah. as these horrible monsters are, are coming towards us and like, in encircling us, uh. We get a hero to save the day. Snow just fucking runs in and like football tackles like one of them. And then um, some is, butt rock starts. Yeah. Yep. The, his, the Snow's theme starts, which I fucking love because it really solidifies this as the most butt rock of all Final Fantasies. And I mean that in the <laughs> most positive, glowing yeah. way I could possibly ever. Even more than Dirge? <laughs> Even more than Dirge, I would say. Dirge is a little okay. bit more broody. I would say Dirge is more new metal. Uh, this uh, is okay. straight butt rock. This is, like, perfect. Yeah. But, yeah, he, he jumps in and says, let's even these odds, and, like, starts like kind of blocking these uh seeth from um hope and vanille yeah. um the odds are really not even because it's three against like seven or eight yeah but um and we, it's, a, and it's I guess, a cool scene i guess we probably kind of talked about it a little bit but like just for the listener especially if you haven't played these games before like hope and vanille are probably in their like mid-teens right yeah i think and Hope, Snow's probably like because of his size 20s. and his size of his feet, given Nomura standards, he's probably like 13. Yeah, yeah. yeah so like, Vanille is 19 years old, according to the wiki, which I stopped okay. reading immediately after that, because <laughs> if you don't, I think there's some spoiler stuff, maybe. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, yeah, so like this kind of like plays as Snow is protecting the kids, right? Yeah. Oh. He's 21, I think. Yeah. So he is, he's, yeah, he's 21. Yeah, so that, we had to that, do a lot of age checking uh, in this um, chapter to see how much we had to cancel with it. That's right. That's right. But yeah, so we get into a fight. We control snow in this one. Uh, always throw hand grenade as snow. It's just it's the best move. Of course, it's incredible. Yeah. And after the fight, always be chucking hand grenade. Oh, <laughs> ABC, always be chucking. Um, to snow's credit, he is like, you guys should not be here. Yeah, and, and like. And Hope yeah. is like, looks like he's about to light him the fuck up. You know what I mean? And be like, you Hit son up. of a bitch. Yeah. And like Vanille sees like the tension or whatever that like is kind of like building. And she just kind of like nervously smiles and laughs a little bit. <laughs> and he's like, all right, I tell you what, find somewhere to hide. I'm going to go get my fiance. And then on the way out, we'll pick you back up and we're all going to leave here. Right. Yeah. And so he's like, well, he doesn't say fiance. Yeah. He just says Sarah. And once then I find Sarah, we'll, we'll all leave together. And then Vanilla asks, like, wait, who is Sarah? And then Snow says, my wife. My wife. <laughs> my wife. I was I was laughing so hard. I, I fucking... <laughs> Borat has just broken my brain. I cannot... Even on my fucking <laughs> wedding day, I am going to be thinking, my wife. Like, <laughs> Borat on your wedding day. <laughs> I, I do like that uh, as he's, like, talking about this great plan that he has of them hiding. You know, here's a whistle. Uh, if there's a war, blow it and I'll come running. Um, <laughs> he, he says to them, you'll be home before dinner like just nothing but like positive attitude from this dipshit and like i can't help but like him i know that that's probably a bad take and maybe he's will kind age of... poorly but like he's just a himbo he's just like a well-meaning himbo sure yeah sure. he means well but he does seem a little reckless maybe oh yeah absolutely. Which, yeah. Is thinking, which is his downfall but yeah my wife 
Who's Sarah? My wife. Future wife, that is. She's a pulse, let's see. No. And, and Vanilla's like, like, oh, oh no. shit. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, she realizes what that means. She's um, here somewhere along with that Falsy. I've got to find her and set her free. And Hope just fucking explodes. Hope is like, why don't you see some other women instead? You psycho. Hey. <laughs> What's wrong with you? Why do you want to help Lassie? They're the enemy. How can you save Lassie? He's not... He's not... That's insane! <laughs> Probably. But I gotta do something, right? Yeah. Again? Himbo excellence. That's that's the nuke the whales of this game. Like, ah, you gotta do something. Like, you, gotta, you gotta nuke someone. Well, I gotta do something. You know. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. No notes. And like, and you know, the, the thing is that like, we're getting the story from all sides. You know what I mean? So I'm like very much like with hope here, where I'm like, you fucking piece of shit. Literally because of your actions, my mom just died because of the way that you're acting right this second. Yeah, of course. And uh, now absolutely. you're probably endangering all of us by getting your, you know getting your yeah. wife out of here yeah but uh yeah so so snow walks away he goes he's kind of like jogs off right hope has a little breakdown uh he's where doing he's, his little like doing the crosswalk as it's like blinking kind of jog yeah 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 he is yeah a little scoot <laughs> um yeah hope breaks down and he's like i can't believe this is happening like why is this happening to me it's been a bad day it's been a really bad day for hope and he explains that like he and his mom were just minding their own business in the town of like Bodom, I guess is where they found the, the mm. vestige. And, uh, he's like, yeah, they found that thing. And then everyone who was in town had to get purged. He's like, we didn't do anything. They just took us and threw us on a train. And that was the end. And so like, you really feel for him. Cause like, yeah, he, he doesn't deserve to be here. Uh, There's just too many instances of being in the wrong place at the wrong time. Right. right. He still blames, uh, snow. Yeah. Gotta yeah. blame someone. Yeah, you gotta blame. You gotta blame someone. <laughs> but in the midst of this, like Snow, as we cut it back away, like Snow is like really like, I probably shouldn't leave him alone. Yeah, he realizes always longer. He's like, nah. yeah, yeah. Uh, but he runs back for them awkwardly, yeah. like, hey again. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this, yeah, and I love Vanille's just like, hey, like just kind of dismissive, <laughs> kind of just like, Ugh, okay, like, but politely being like, hello. <laughs> Yeah, and, and she picks uh, Hope up from the ground, right, and says, like, let's go with him. You've got to talk to him about it or you're going to regret it forever. Yeah. And so she kind of, and he, you know, he's, like, looking at her. And, like, that's why I like I like who Vadil is to Hope right now. Like, it's literally all he has to go on, right? Like, this is the only person he knows in the entire world now, essentially, you know what I mean? Because yeah. he's not, like, he's not in the town that he's from. He's out in this weird area. There's only one person he's talking to him, and she's just like, no, it's fine. Like, just follow me. We're going to go with him. And he's like, oh, okay, okay. She's like, it's fine. I'm your mom now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, essentially. I like how they all, all, of, all of Snow's motivation is pretty much can be summed up in that like one post that is just like, my dick has led me places I wouldn't go with a gun. <laughs> 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 like, I just want the, 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 the render of Snow, like just the default, like <laughs> transparent background of Snow, just like smiling <laughs> and stuff with that caption under it. I can get you that. <laughs> yeah, um, then we're back to lightning and Saz. But Saz is like, what's gotten into you, soldier? Yeah, yeah. He's like, what? What's eating you? What's going on? And she's like, Yeah, I thought you were here to fight. Like my sister, my sister. <laughs> she says her sister is a Lassie, right? And, oh uh, shit! Snow's wife is a Lassie. Yes, yeah, Snow's wife is a Lassie. Yeah, what, what a coincidence, dude! Holy shit! Oh my god! There's gosh. two of them here. <laughs> this place is loaded and, um, with Lassie. 
and Saz hears that and he he's like, holy shit, oh no, you know. And he says, uh, is she still dot dot dot? And I think the implication is like, is she still a person or is she a Seath? Yeah, did she become a right. Seath yet? And he asks, yeah. what was her focus, capital F? And this is, is this, the first, this is the first time we've heard focus, right? Yeah. Um, I think we I think uh, Vanil mentioned it when we see the Seath, like the things that don't complete their focus. That's right. Yeah, that's so, right. That's right. Exactly. So we've heard focus twice in these last two cutscenes. Right. And uh, and and he yeah, says and he that, goes like, on and kind of explains what a focus is, like with again subtle exposition, I guess. When she became a Lassie, what did the Falci order her to do? Right, mm, like an assignment. Yeah, yeah. It's like, was it communications? Was it uh, music theory? Was it uh, <laughs> theater minor? Was it literature theory? <laughs> well, he says he says it wasn't anything like to destroy pole or cocoon, was it? Right, and she doesn't know what to say to that. <laughs> she just says, "I didn't ask." Didn't <laughs> ask. Yeah. And then, uh, while they're talking, you see like a, a door essentially open, like a gate opens, right? And we see some more seeth. And um, Saz says, "A Lassi who doesn't fulfill her focus turns into one of those because they're looking at the seeth, right?" Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and he's saying that there's like no way to turn them back. What I'm saying is, if your sister's gone that far, I mean. <laughs> She might still. How, how can I? Oh man! He's trying not to like just come out and say it, even though she immediately knows. Like, just fucking say it. Any Lassie, anyone who might ever become Lassie, should be wiped off the face of Cocoon. Yeah, he's he says because they're a liability, basically. Right? He says, so, "Don't make her suffer." Yeah, well, he says that like she will live her life as a Falsy slave. Like, even if she completes her focus, like there's no getting out of this. Right, He's trying right. to say it politely and like delicately, obviously, but but Lightning is yeah not happy, and she's like yeah. So what? You just want to fucking wipe them all off the face of the planet? She like punches him a little bit too, and like pushes yeah, him yeah. back. Yeah. Um, and then she says, and she says afterwards, she's like, "It's people like you who started the purge in the first place." Yeah, which is like, ooh, damn, get him, Lightning. <laughs> yeah. But like you know, you you sympathize with Saz as well because he's like, look, I mean, it doesn't matter. She's cursed forever. Like whether she succeeds in the focus or not, like she'll never come back to being like yeah, a normal like to human see it ever from again. All sides, you know, <laughs> the, the, the 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 biggest brain uh, political affiliation is seeing it from all sides. I'm already seeing some kind of like tonal similarities to like ten with like fate. And just like fulfilling, yeah, like, well, absolutely right with right. Uh, Yuna and like the final summoning, like, kind of thing. It's yeah, like, yeah, man, this is rough. There's like, we're damned if you do, damned if you don't, aren't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and now we are in an area called the ambulatory. God's stupid words. I Which, love again, to this ambulate. is probably a real word, which just means a hallway, it's just an area for walking. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't that FF13? <laughs> yeah, this whole game's a damn ambulatory. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I feel like we can end on that. Okay. <laughs> that was pretty good. Um, what preamble? So uh, we fight some ghouls. Yeah, there's oh, yeah. Uh, they're called I think ghasts, right? When we fight them, um, there's some that are called ghouls. I think the bigger ones are called. Oh ghasts, yeah, the, the, we have not fought a ghast yet. My which is kind of a brute. Apologies, yeah, ghoul. So it it doesn't tell us um, directly that this is the case with these seeth or whatever we know. Okay. So in the data log, so I'm going to go back to the data logs here at this point, you can look into several different data logs about the history of, um, uh, a lot of these places. And there's one that tells you about the vestige and tells you about the scene when they find the vestige. Now you can kind of like read a little about 
a little bit about it being discovered, right? And so it's discovered uh, essentially by Psycom is kind of what they say. It was discovered and then Psycom is sent in to deal with it. And then realizing that there is a foul sea inside the vestige, the sanctuary had it sealed off with Psycom soldiers still inside, right? Oh. So like several yeah. of the soldiers were still inside when it was sealed off. Presumably they have also become Lassie and then Seath as well, which right. is why there are the um the uh what are the dogs called? The um Pantherons. Pantherons. That's why like Pantherons are here, even though we know that they're like the tools of Psycom. Like, why would they be locked in here? It's because Psycom was locked in here. So, like, I think it's very interesting that, like, not only are there, like, these, like, Seath wandering around, it's very, very likely that many of these Seath that we're destroying are former Psycom units that just found this, like, 13 days ago. Woof. Yeah, and and Saz kind of um, alluded to that earlier when we were first walking in. He's like, well, there's probably some soldiers in here still. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Just not and, uh, uh here they are. But what about the little Zwergs? Yeah. Who are the Zwergs though? Who are the Mungas? Yeah, who where did the Among Us come from? Where did the Amungus <laughs> come from? But anyway, I just thought that was uh, kind of a cool little thing. Yeah, that that yeah. that's good too. Cause I mean when I first with all of this just coming rapid fire at me, I'm like, I feel bad that like even though I've been trying to avoid like the game is trying to incentivize me avoiding conflict and I still am just fighting everything I can. Um, I was like, I kind of feel bad fighting these things because they were once human and, you know, like, who knows, like... It, yeah, fuck them. But now I'm just like, oh, yeah, it's still... I would have been fighting them if they were still human anyway, like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how I sleep at night. Now they're just zombie cops. <laughs> Which, yeah, yeah, yeah. As, the, as we defeat them, did you notice that they drop tears? I did, yeah, it's very yeah. sad. Seath tears. Seath tears. Or tears tasty, of tasty frustration. Tears. Uh, or are they like tears of frustration and tears of like fucking anguish or some shit? It's all like re- real rough shit that you get from them. Oh yeah, I, I don't, I don't want to uh, reach too much with it, but it does give like some idea that there's some like. It says a pebble-sized shard of a crystal gradually rumbling to ashen sand. <laughs> Ash. That's Dark Souls. <laughs> that's a Dark Souls word. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's the word that Dark Souls invented. <laughs> it doesn't necessarily make me feel like they are sentient. Yeah, but, but it there's does still make some feel like... semblance of humanity within them. Yeah, because of that like sadness kind of aspect to them. Yeah, that's a bummer. Yeah, yeah. This game, this game is a bit of a bummer. It's kind of a downer. I'm not gonna lie. Um, I mean, I think a lot of Final Fantasy is pretty bummer. Oh yeah, the more yeah, you, the more subtextual you get in Final Fantasy games, the more fucked up and sad they are. Yeah. yeah. Who's our character of levity? Is Vanille our levity character in this? I would, I would think so. So far, I mean, she's. God, the yeah, this is gonna one. be rough. And Sal <laughs> falls on his butt, and he has a bird. That's, That's true. true. He That's has true. Slapstick. That's true. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, we also get another. Uh, I think it's here that we get another weapon for lightning. The Gladius. Gladius. Yeah. I think that just shifts kind of like magic to uh, strength. Yeah, it's kind of like when we first got Snow's first coat. It kind of just shifted like the magic to or the defense to off- offense. Yeah, Park so, or something like that, right? The Gladius, uh, a classic of arcade shooting, is being revived in the <laughs> for the right. PSP because retail there's only really like, report that Konami will bring five. Yeah, there's only there's only really like two stats that weapons have and that's just magic attack and uh uh physical attack and right? strength yeah it's and, a cool looking blade though it does have yeah. like a kind of more angular like square looking blade which fits the kind of uh design mm-hmm. of this area and then they'll also have um like uh statuses that come along with them that's kind of what weapons are in this they're like a, a attack stat a magic attack stat and then any other special stats or like a boost that'll come along with it um, and this one, yeah, is more geared toward physical attack. Yeah, so uh, I equipped that shit 
immediately. Yes, yes. I think which, I also uh, added a, an accessory, which I finally figured out how to remove. <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, I was just like, yeah, lightning is just going to be all pure strength build. Pure sure. unga bunga, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> I will say that we, we can't do anything about it now because uh, we don't have the ability to change jobs or whatever. This game is kind of the opposite in that the unga bunga build is the magic build in this game. It's very weird. <laughs> but, <laughs> like in, in my experience, in my experience, like you can do numbers <laughs> by opening your magic attack in this game if you have people who can cast magic. Right now, lightning is purely the commando role, which is the physical attacker. So yeah, yeah. Right now, the, the Gladys is a good thing to equip. Oh, Gladys. Gladys! <laughs> you want to hop in my Mercedes? Um, we reached this cool, like, kind of hallway catwalk kind of thing. I saw, When you were playing this, it looked like a shitty mall entrance. Yo, Because <laughs> it's just full of... Uh, we see some flying seeth in this area. Oh, I love this area. I love. I think this... Yeah, it's a long corridor, but there's, like, lots of lanterns and stuff hanging around. It's very, it's very lit differently. Yeah, yeah. There's, like... It, there's almost, like, little street lamps or whatever. It, it, it's real nice looking. I really, really like this room. I think it looks very good. Yeah, it's very Beautiful. pretty. Yeah. I think this is also where we fight the um, the ghouls. The, the, oh, no, ghasts. the ghasts. Yeah, so ghasts. there was a ghast fight. Tank, they're tankier looking. There was, the yeah, chunks. there was a ghast fight right before this where there was kind of a little, like, cinematic. I wouldn't call it quite a cutscene, but uh, Lightning kind of, like, you know, equips her weapon and gets ready to fight one of the guests and then it's kind of just being like hey this is the the mini boss version of this thing and then at the end of this hallway we got to fight two of them and they're they're oh, yeah. relatively rough i think um they did a lot of damage so i had to definitely use a couple of potions here yeah, yeah. this is also like the design where i started noticing the kind of like bark like tree bark kind yeah. of nature of like yeah. the shapes of their arms and stuff it's cool it's kind of like somewhere between crystal and wood which is really yeah, like crystal and wood or some sort of like circuitry Oh yeah, mm. I, I will say still at this point, like using Blitz every turn is just like the way to go. For as long as there's like more than one enemy on screen, just fucking Blitz every time. Blitz. <laughs> Always the right decision. Always be Blitzing. Always be Blitzing. Because <laughs> you only need to hit two enemies for the amount of damage you output to scale over what you would have output with two normal attacks. So as long as you hit two enemies with a Blitz. Exactly. Yeah, it's it's worth it if they're idea. close. Yeah. Um, and I think this is when we come up the steps and find someone. Yeah, we, we find an elevator, right? So we uh, get to my favorite mechanic in any video game. Once we get to like this elevator that's moving, we get a little cinematic of the elevator moving. And we can still move lightning around and, and run around <laughs> in circles. It's very reminiscent of Final Fantasy VII. <laughs> All right, it's a stairs that moves. It's an elevator just goes up to like another little thing another of set stairs, of stairs. Right? Yeah, yeah, like a, which seems really dangerous because if you fell down those stairs, you would just fall forever. I feel like it's exactly as dangerous as an escalator, though. At least, well, I don't know. I feel like the bottom of escalators <laughs> don't plunge off into like the depths of nothingness. <laughs> True. It also seems kind of funny that they made an elevator that just stops at the bottom of some stairs, you could have just made the elevator go like 10 feet just, higher. Just and add just 13 more stairs, my dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we take the, um, we take the little elevator up, right? We go to those little stairs and there's a body laying in front of us, right? It's a tiny lightning. Yeah. It's, it's a, a tiny little, lightning. A little lightning. She's got her like a uh, pleated skirt. Mm -hmm. um, we'll find out she has a haircut. We, we coined as the long misty. <laughs> the, long <laughs> yeah, yeah, misty. Yeah, the long misty. Yeah. That's it. Oh, I wish I was there when y'all said that. <laughs> That's really good. But yeah, very similar hair color, very similar look, uh, obviously related to lightning. Um, right. 
and she she sees uh, her laying there and, and runs up and says, Sarah, and, and picks her up and, yeah. and like grabs her in her arms. Sarah! Time to go. We have to leave before the army. What? And he's he points at her arm and is like, yo, she has a sick tribal tattoo. Yo, that, that is going to play really well in the mid 90s. That's a pulse brand. Mm-hmm. That's a pu- dude. She must love Godsmack because that is definitely <laughs> the logo off their red album. I'm not the one who's so, so far away. <laughs> when I feel the LC enter my veins. Never did I Why did I say LC? Damn it! Again. I fucking ruined it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like, like, yeah. So Sass says that girl's Lassie, and Lenny's like, "Yeah, I already told you that." Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's like, "No shit, idiot." But then he starts reaching for his gun, right? Mm-hmm. He he reaches for his gun, and he's like. Lassie are enemies of Pulse. Yeah, and Lightning like sees that he is reaching for his gun. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, so, so what? They should die? And she kind of like turns a little bit too. Like she's kind of protecting Sarah from Saz now. Which is like terrifying, right? Because like Saz yeah. is our homie. We've been like, you know, like they've only known each other for a little while. But like those are our this, characters. This is a really good scene as well. And I, I'm so glad that the graphics are as, as good as they are. And they've held up as well as they do. Because you can see on Saz's face that he's like, he's very pained by this. Like, he doesn't want to yeah, be. No. Saz has like large eyes. And I feel like his expressions come through stronger than most people's in mm-hmm. this game. Like, yeah. He, there's yeah. like, he has lots of complex emotions and he doesn't even have to say anything to show them. It's really nice. Yeah. The voice acting is also just, really good too. He's making his case. He's like, if she fails her focus, you know how it's going to end. Yeah. Sarah kind of does regain consciousness for just a moment. And she's like, she's like, oh, lightning, you know, and uh, you came. Yeah, she says, you, you came. came. Yeah. And then we see snow and vanille and riding a, a, yet another as, uh, elevator coming down off an elevator. Okay. So now that makes sense. There's just an elevator coming to two bottoms of steps i don't know <laughs> who can tell with these pulse these heavy <laughs> these pulse vestiges i just can't even tell anymore yeah th- so many uh, escalators they probably they call, should call them lazies <laughs> <laughs> um, and then i and then my eyes rolled so hard that my my retina is detached from the fucking back of my head we've, because we finally get someone to blame for all of the enabling that has uh gaslit snow into thinking he's a badass she says is that my hero oh but yeah uh, I you know what the thing is like now on my third or fourth attempt to play through the Final Fantasy 7 remake I'm having a good time I'm having a good time with it and I remember the first time shooting star shooting through the skies I remember my first time playing where like cloud catches Aerith and she goes "Ooh, my hero and I was like I'm putting this game away right now that's the laziest (laughs) thing I've ever heard (laughs) like it sucks (laughs) she's like olive oil in a Popeye costume Oh, uh, clown! My yeah, hero. Yeah. <laughs> just little arms, like that olive oil arms. Johnny is Bluto, I guess. <laughs> yeah, um, but I like to like. Snow runs up to her. He takes Sarah's hand, right, and uh, he's like, "Okay, we're gonna we're gonna get you home." And uh, and Lightning's like, "No, no, the fuck you're not. I'm taking her home." Yeah. And he says, "But sis," and she goes, "I'm not your sister." <laughs> I love it, dude. I love I, it. I love it so much. She wants nothing to do with him. I know, I know. She I, says, you couldn't protect her. It's your fault, she. Yeah. And then Sarah cuts him off, right? Yeah, yeah Sarah yeah. I- interrupts and says, you can save us. You can save us. Protect us all. Save Cocoon. Save Cocoon? Sarah, that was your focus? 
Yeah. And then like Snow just fucking runs with it or whatever. Where it's like, oh, save Cocoon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll do that. I'll save everybody. I'll protect everybody and save him. Don't even worry about it. And I'm like, yeah. Snow, shut the fuck up. <laughs> Lightning's more in the thing. Like she's like, wait, was that your focus? Your focus is to save Cocoon? Yeah, yeah. She's a little bit more like uh, mission minded here. We're like, is that what's happening? And Sarah's not really able to tell us anything more right yeah yeah i think she says like oh, i'm so happy or something like that right that she's able to elaine says somehow i'll make things right yeah he yeah. says you just relax he says you just relax and gives the fucking pixar smile like the the side smile that I uh, the fucking dreamworks smirk the dreamworks yeah the dreamworks the smile. dream smirk yeah he did do that didn't he yeah <laughs> yep. and she um she says uh thank you and then immediately starts glowing like a yeah, beautiful, she, brilliant light and starts floating into the sky, which I don't think is usually a good sign. No, no. And she uh, she turns into crystal, right? Mm -hmm. And yeah, like a, a single tear like falls off of her and lands in Snow's hands. And it's like <laughs> a giant like diamond. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah, it looks like the, uh, the, the necklace in Titanic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so everyone's kind of freaking out. Like, why the hell is she turning to crystal? Ask Vanille. Yeah, Lightning yeah. looks like devastated. Like, there, there's a lot of emotion in her face as well. Yeah, and then and Snow says good night, Sarah, or whatever. Like that's the end. And Lightning's yeah, like, like sweet dreams or something. Sweet like, dreams. And Lightning goes, she's not sleeping. <laughs> and I love like I love this like juxtaposition between Snow and Lightning because like Snow's very like poetic right like he's very like oh mm -hmm. sleep well or good night or whatever and she's like what the fuck are you talking about she is dead and you killed her like, yeah 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 great moment too is as like he's saying that and he's like oh okay like good he's like relieved and she's fucking pissed she's beelining for him and she fucking shoves Saz out of the way she's just like yeah, yeah she does she's like sweet <laughs> dreams like beating the shit out of everyone in her path it's so good yeah <laughs> it's, it's definitely like sums up their personality like she's a realist and he's kind of like an he's a he's, he's a just, romantic yeah, yeah he's a romantic he like he has big ideas but can't like yeah he's not very grounded he says uh he says like oh it's just like the legends say if you complete your focus you're granted eternal life right yeah you turn to crystal and gain eternal life yeah before hope said uh let's see you fulfill their focus or transform the crystal and gain eternal life yeah yeah and he's like yeah she's not dead she's just a big ass crystal it's fine yeah, it's fine, and he's like getting ready. I'll marry Crystal. I'll marry anything. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, he's essentially kind of saying that because the next yeah. line he starts to say is like, "I don't care how how long I have to wait." I'll and then fucking like lightning just punches him in the face, completely decks the shit out of him, yeah, knocks him to the ground. Yeah, she just says, "It's over. <laughs> it's over. It's over. Open your eyes and face reality." Yeah, and then we get a, a little bit of uh, narration from Vanille, who's like, does becoming a Lassie really mean losing everything? Um, so she just spells out the theme and plot of the rest of the game right there. So <laughs> everything starts shaking. And then everything start, starts shaking. Everything shakin'. starts a shaking, and, uh, and Saz knows Saz, what that means. Yeah, he's yeah. like, uh, that's the army. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, we see some of those flippy flappy pterodactyls. We get, um, I, and I always say, like, I get it. It's a pre-rendered cutscene, and so like you can have graphics be essentially as good as you want them to be mm -hmm. to some extent but this looks fan-fucking-tastic this cutscene. The colors are great like I, I think maybe it's just because of uh 
how mushy a lot of CG has become yeah. in like a lot of movies where like they just kind of like have to like get everything to kind of match. The contrast of these scenes are in lighting or it's really nice. Like with lots yeah. of purples and greens. The, the, like even there's a lot happening. Yeah, I, I could see where like a criticism of it could be that it's very very busy. Like these these it's scenes. very dense. It is, and, and in that way, that's true. But it's exciting. It is. It is. Like it's it's very. Um, I feel like it's almost a, a cheating to just say it's very eldritch, right? But like mm-hmm. there's so much weird shit going on that we don't understand, and there's like these weird forces at play and shit that like. I was saying this game is very greebly. Is it very? It's so greebly. I forget who said it. There's so many greebles and everything. I forget who said it to me, but someone pointed out that like, yeah, this is post Advent children, so they're easily able to just flex like their power, like even though it's just like a, a PS3 game or what. I say just a yeah. PS3 game, but like, like Square Square Enix has in, invested so much money into the, I mean, the CGI like technology within. of um, yeah. Spirits Within and Advent Children and in this they're like we can finally fucking put that into a game and put it to use in a different format that's not just movies Yeah, even though yeah. this is just a movie that we're watching essentially <laughs> I mean even the pre-rendered from last season which was uh, like three years prior surprisingly good yeah yeah Dur- Dirge was looking so good but they, they're nailing like you know I think what it really shows in like the skin textures and like the hair and stuff on yeah. characters' faces, like, and I think we'll talk about a lot next episode. There's a lot of really just beautiful, subtle details that they added. Yeah, but we're seeing this giant vestige kind of getting, you know, transported. It's still kind of being suddenly, transported, yeah. But then there's like these giant like green lasers sights kind of just like locking onto it or something. Yeah, and, yeah. and we hear a, a voice basically saying like, "Okay, we're greenlit. We're good to go." We're going to destroy this thing. The pulse vestige never existed. Yeah, leave no trace. Yeah. which Execute order 66. Yeah, which they try to accomplish by shooting harpoons into it. Shooting giant strands of Laffy Taffy at it. Yeah. I, They're fishing lines. There's a bunch of real thick fishing lines. I Were they going to rip it apart using that afterwards? What was their plan there? How does that, mm, how does yeah, that leave no trace of it? know more about this weapon technology. Maybe they're trying to like lock it in place or something to keep it from just like floating around or something as they're just like pummeling it. Like, could you know. imagine like the idea? They were like, "All right, it's time to destroy this thing. Leave no trace." They harpoon it so it stays in place, and yeah. then do like a three-year thing with like a bunch of engineers and like <laughs> like civil engineers and like workers come it's out. Like and, reverse development. <laughs> yeah, they slowly dismantle it over years and years, like with all the safety protocols and stuff. And like we're just getting the very beginning of it, where they're like, "Yeah, we're gonna destroy." this thing through careful planned demolition (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah it kind of shifts into the scene of what our party is seeing and you know seeing these um these harpoon fishing lines or whatever just like breaking through and just like scattered all along the ceiling now like again locking it in place and and saz says that you know like oh this must be a sanctum strike like bring this whole thing down like uh and and the falci right with it like uh, and right. Daniil says, like... Uh, yeah, are, aren't they going to take it back to Pulse? Isn't that what the Purge was? Mm-hmm. And Saz is like, all they care about is getting this stuff off of Cocoon. Dead or alive, it's all the same to them. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and like, you know, and, and he says that to Vanille, who's already, like, freaking out a little bit. And then Hope is on the floor, <laughs> like, crying. And he grabs Vanille's hand and is like... Understandably. Yeah, and yeah. he's like, they're going to kill us yeah we can't stay here they're gonna kill us which is like he's thought that the entire time just being within proximity of the of the falci 
Right. And but then Snow's just like, I'll be right back. Hold on. Yeah, well, a door opened. <laughs> oh, the, the door that was uh, the, like on the other side of this little walkway where we were talking to Sarah and we met her on and everything, it opens up and it, it's far more decorated than any of the other doors or portals or whatever. It's we've the gone. vault door that we were talking about last season. Yeah. <laughs> it's the big vault door. And uh, and so I guess like you know the the implication is that the fallacy is through there. Yeah, and it's it's glowing. the The glowing red that we see is actually the exact same like shape as uh, Sarah's like tribal tattoo, like the mark yeah, of the yeah. of the fallacy or the LCA or the Lussy. It is very reminiscent of like the the weird glyphs and the cloisters from FF. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it opens up and uh, yeah, Snow oh, yeah, grabs so the hand of. Um, of crystal sarah and he says like hold on i'll be right back <laughs> yeah yeah and he starts walking to it and i like that saz calls him trench coat and he goes hey trench coat where are you going mm-hmm. and he's like oh i got a date with the foul c we have some things to talk about <laughs> like he's gonna go Love do something it. and like and again like i feel like if any of the other characters had said this if lightning said this i'd be like she's gonna kick the shit out of it and so with snow i'm just like snow don't go you're not a, no don't do it <laughs> once again everyone's like what are you doing and it was like oh, i gotta do something yeah yeah, Her, yeah, yeah. Heart- thoroughly in the right place brain needs a lot of work and how he's gonna accomplish this right (laughs) what you're gonna ask it to help her are you out of your mind kid that thing wants to chew us up and spit us out if we ask the fascists to not be you know awful like surely they'll agree with us yeah yeah good natured enough and uh, me says snow (laughs) (laughs) and then the marketplace of ideas and then Lightning, without saying anything, just starts to walk ahead. She just, like, outpasses, you know, she outpaces Snow or whatever. And he just looks at her, and he's, like, in a little bit of disbelief. And he's like, oh, Lightning? So, like, she is also going to go have a date with the Falsy. Mm-hmm. So, the Falsy is in a polyamorous relationship with <laughs> Lightning and Snow. But now our party, uh, yeah, because we still have to, like, fight some ghouls and goblins up this stairway. Uh, we are now a party of... Uh, Snow, lightning, and Saz. Which is a very strong yeah, party. Yeah, because Saz is just like, uh, he, he he just kind of like begrudgingly goes along with them. He's like, well, yeah. shit. Like, well, I, I, I kind of no get it. Here. Like, there's nothing else that any of these people can do. Like, even yeah, Hope, he's like, he can't he's like, do fuck it. Else. I got to go and kill this thing, I guess. Here we go. Or Saz and Hope, who just seem like they do not want to be here at all. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Saz and Hope, it's, it seems like they don't want to be here. And Vanille is just question mark. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Is just here. Motives unknown. Yeah. Before we go through that door, though, we can save. We can save. Yeah. There's there's a bunch do. more encounters here as well with some ghasts and stuff. You can get a preemptive strike and we can fight all that good flying stuff. Seath? Oh yeah, the flappy seeth. I don't think I, I, I can't remember if I fought any of them. I think I just avoided them because they scared me. <laughs> Evasion unreal on them MFs. Let me tell you. Yeah. Like you just be attacking oh. and miss, 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 and you're I like, come on. Damn. Wraiths. Yeah, that's probably right. Are they called wraiths. I think that's right. Uh, whites, yeah, mm. W-I-G-H-T, oh, okay. yeah. All right, all right. Looking at their uh, data entry, frequently evades attacks. <laughs> but yeah, we can make our way through this door, and it's a surprisingly long hallway, um, and it gets like pretty, pretty dark. But it's very dark in there. Once we get in, in, to the end of it, that's uh, where the screen kind of goes black, and uh, I think is that where we're going to call it for this week. I think that's where yeah. we're going to call it for today. Yeah. We'll see what this. Yeah. Uh, we'll we'll ask politely to have uh, Sarah not be Christified. Let's go to the hymn of the faith. Yeah, we're hearing it. Mm-hmm. Echoing in the hall. Oh wait, speaking of that, um, I completely forgot about this. Uh, there was a very sick Hama Uzu track when the when we were fighting the ghouls and experiencing the ghouls for the first time, like the the this the Seath. 
This is the butt rock track, right? No, it's the one that just sounds like there's fucking jaw harp. Like it's the Meehan High Road. <laughs> oh yeah, the whole the whole environment. Like there's actually this is another thing, cool thing. Like when we first enter the um, the vestige, there's like this kind of little high like vocal bit. Uh, apparently, Hamauzu like his daughter sang on on, on this track. That's oh so wow, cute. that's so sweet. But then it turns into like, this kind of like ethereal thing but like during some of the spooky sections we do hear this jar harp in the background i was like is this yeah like you were saying like is this hama uzu's like signature like he just brought out in me and high road and now it's, it's so like good like it doesn't seem boing, like boing. it would be fitting but that somehow makes it more fitting in my opinion like it's really weird and that whole scene is really weird so like i mean like you were saying earlier curtis like very much a horror presentation and just a goofy sound like that in there doesn't like take away from the horror elements of it really it kind of it just, makes like, it more it, otherworldly yeah odd. it makes yeah. it very just weird and uncanny and uncomfortable and i i fucking love it do we mention ever the music for the hanging edge while we were there i mean we mentioned the uh obviously the battle music um, there's some, yeah, there's some cool, interesting tracks. The music for The Hanging Edge is really good. Like, I know it's mm -hmm. the first area in the game, but it's probably my favorite, like, area music. Yeah, soundtrack so far, incredible. It's, there's a lot of cool movements in all these tracks. They, like, really go play. It's like, yeah. like even when you first into the vest, it's like, oh man, I don't really like the sound of this, like, the vocal line on its own sounds really dissonant and kind of creepy, and then the chords come in and recontextualize and make it seem almost like heavenly. Yeah, yeah. It's really cool juxtaposition. It's really interesting. I feel like um, this... So, I don't know if there's any Nobuo on this soundtrack. No, this I is don't all think there's Hama any. Uzi, yeah. All Hama Uzi. And, and the thing is... That, I think like, this is his second full game on his own after Dirge. Okay. Because I was going to say, like, when I first played this game, when I was an idiot because I was a child... I was like, oh, I don't like the soundtrack as much because right, it doesn't have like a lot of hooks, maybe like in the same way that a lot of Nobuo tracks have. But over time, I've have come to love this soundtrack because while it doesn't have the super hooky melodies, it still does mm -hmm. have melody in it. Yeah. And it still does have like things that you can kind of like that grab your attention and kind of anchor you to the to the music. And so like it's very good on multiple levels. I actually think this is one of the better soundtracks. Yeah, and I think in a, in a couple of episodes, uh, either next one or the one after that, we'll actually kind of talk about that more in detail, I'm sure, because there's definitely a hook that, you know, we've already heard in the main menu, but it kind of, mm -hmm. you know, gets recontextualized in, in a couple different tracks as well, which is, I, I, I'm always a sucker for that. Yeah, yeah. So I've downloaded a really cool um, version of the soundtrack, which came with composer notes. So Hamuzu actually gave commentary on like, some of the intent and stuff behind each track and it's really cool i would definitely recommend checking it out i would love to see that yeah the vestige says the backing chorus is actually a recording of my daughter aya's voice i had her sing for a demo but ended up using it since i was told that ff13 had various dark scenes especially in the beginning of the game i want to create a mood of light tension here uh, yeah and so like by wonderful. using conventional minor sounds it would be too tacking too heavy so i deliberately used chords that would sound neither major nor minor which it's actually, I feel like, a very Japanese thing. They do a lot of things where, like, they sing over major chords to kind of make it sound a little sad or kind of uncertain. Love a little it. modal mixture. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah, it's it's very nice. He, like, and I think that's the thing. And one of the reasons why this soundtrack to me has aged so well is that 
it there's a lot to dig into in that way you start seeing like how mm-hmm. appropriate everything is whereas like still still to this day a little bit some of his tracks in 10 i'm like it's a weird it's a weird there's a creative option you had there to go with the sound for this like it's that's interesting <laughs> and so i feel like this is a much more refined uh version of that. this is also i think one of the first times they were really like using uh synthesizers in conjunction with like orchestras oh true yeah. true for final fantasy games because yeah. like 10 was still like all synthesized i yeah. think until he did like the remastered and whatever, which might have had some live orchestration. I can't believe that uh, Sudaki Dane uh, <laughs> was synthesized the vocals. That's amazing. I don't think we mentioned this <laughs> on the podcast, but Alex mentioned this to me. I noticed it, and now you have to notice it, listener. I'm cursing everyone <laughs> with his knowledge. Not just did, the Among Us curse, but now this one is. Yeah, so not only do you have to see the Zverg Scandroid as an Amoogus. But now you have to know that there's one note that comes in late in Blinded by Light. <laughs> or it's like, or it comes in a little early. Early, I'm sorry, you're right. It's early, it's early. When it does the key change, like... It's one of the, uh, <laughs> the staccato notes on the lead violin. During, which, like, the lead violin is the best part. Right. It does that once. So let that go through one time. It's not there. But once, yeah, you said it does a little key change. It kind of rises. That note. that one comes in just a hair early it's like barely it's barely early but it was funny because alex said to me one of the notes are early didn't say which one didn't say where it was but knowing that information i went in and i was like it's this one isn't it and he's like yes okay so i'm not crazy you hear it too and i'm like there's one that's early and it's like so minorly early like it's it's almost imperceptible like if you're not listening for it you'll never hear it it's like the violinist psyched himself out like okay here comes the turnaround i'm after like but so, which happens all the time when you're like thinking about something as you're playing yeah, something uh, sometimes mm-hmm. you can kind of fuck yourself but to their credit they played it live which i think is that's inc- yeah. I, what that I, means is it's not quantized which holy shit they did such an amazing job i heard after that conversation was going on which i was also a part of i heard it and i just was like that's just jazz baby that's just jazz <laughs> that's just, baby that's just jazz. no but i also am a, uh i am a longtime bass player who has uh never practiced enough for any of the shows that i've played um so my main signature move is to play the wrong <laughs> note by accident and fuck up but because it's bass i just slide that bad boy down to the correct note and then that's just a little flavor on the, on the bass line there so you know what critical support to hama uzu's uh violinist who was nailing it in my opinion yeah, yeah. and that's the thing it's like it, it's definitely not a criticism at all right like it's it's an incredible performance like that take is fucking fire um but I just thought it was very funny because Alex noticed it. I was like, oh, my God, there it is. <laughs> it's, the, it's the moment that you realize. I mean, even the Beatles have wrong notes here and there. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, they did a shit live. They could have comped it together, but I like yeah. that it's there. It's the, it's the moment that you realize that Mint Jams by Cassiopeia is a live album that they just fucking whipped out and played live and recorded and threw it all down. Because you, like, you'll hear some of the guitar solos that like don't quite nail it, and you're like, damn, they went with that take, and then you're like, oh no, they were just playing, and this album is fucking incredible. Yeah, it's great. We're talking a little inside Blitzball here for the listeners. <laughs> it's, but, true, yeah. it's true, it's um, true. But yeah, that's all for this week. Yeah. It's been Music Corner, brought to you by the Every FNFF Podcast. <laughs> We have to be fucking nerds. <laughs> yeah, no, that's what makes us nerds is talking about music, not the podcast about Final Fantasy. Oh, yeah, Fantasy. Not, the, not the cool video game <laughs> podcast. Yeah. But yeah, if uh, 
if you're listening to this when this drops, I'll try to remember to post, share a link to the uh, this cool little uh, music commentary. It's very cool. Yeah. Hearing all that stuff, because music is oft- often overlooked. People talk about, like, oh, the actors or, like, the artwork, but yeah. hearing how the music is made is really fun. Music and sound, like, in general, is always interesting. He just knocked out, like, the the main, like, Blinded by Light theme for the 2006, like, E3, like, Dirge of Service had just come out. Yeah. He, he just is constantly cranking out bangers. That's cool. Yeah, it, it really, really impressive. But, you know, I, I think you're right, too. I think that, like, one of the things this season, because the game is so uh, linear or whatever, one of the more interesting things we'll have to talk about is things like the sounds, the music, the the fact that you can translate all of the signs that are everywhere, right? <laughs> like, the interesting things like that. And so it's like... It, it is very easy to overlook how much work goes into all those things. Yeah, it's incredibly dense, oh, yeah. especially in terms of overlooking just like data logs. Like, I'm oh, sure yeah. that there's yeah. going to be people who are listening to this who have probably played the game multiple times and they'll learn something new just because we're going Alex <laughs> me like, Alex made it so much easier for us to go as deep as possible by just turning all the data logs into a wiki yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's like I ain't taking screenshots fuck that <laughs> yeah friendship with screenshots ended but yeah that, that's all I got for this uh, for this episode yeah that's, same here this comes out on the 30th I think yeah so I do have an announcement what's coming up in August in August on August 7th we're going to have a Zaku show at Century Bar in Philadelphia. Everybody's Yo. invited. So come out to that one. Hell yes. Anyone else playing? Um, I think Close to Good is playing. I heard that Close to Good is actually better than Ezra. Yeah, better than Ezra is playing. No, better than Ezra is not playing. <laughs> Please, I hope nobody from Better than Ezra is like, wait, what the fuck? <laughs> Long time listeners know of the show, listening. Better than Ezra. Yeah, I know that they're Much listening. Much like okay. their, their song that uh, launched them into stardom in the 90s. They think that this podcast is pretty good. Ah, very, very nice. Uh, uh, so it'll be uh, Close to Good and Stegosaurus Rex. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. Stegosaurus Rex. Yep. Shout out to that. Close to Good, Stegosaurus Rex, and Zaku. August 7th at Century Bar. Be there or don't be there. Going to be a banger. Was that pickle jar actually yours? That was. That was. Somebody tagged me in it and was like, there it is. And I was like, oh, that is the one I had. Yep. That's the one. For the, for the listener, just so you know what that means. <laughs> I played with a band that was selling spicy pickles instead of T-shirts. And I bought a whole jar of them and I ate a good 80% of them while I was like dancing to that band playing. And then I just didn't take the jar home. I left it in the basement. <laughs> Littering. Already That's getting right. close to getting canceled. <laughs> That's Philly, baby. <laughs> um, and for me, on August 5th, my band, The Human Fly, will be releasing our uh, first album as a full yes. band. Hell yeah. Go check that out. I'm excited. Uh, we recorded it well over a year ago. Just lots of cramming and turmoil in the studio, cranking this out. We thought we were, like there was many times where like our morale was very low. And we almost like, well, like, we got four songs ready, right? <laughs> we can get an EP done at least. And but we got we 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 got it. Sounds like recording. You can also pre-order a tape if you want because uh, it's the same price as buying it digital, which is really cool. Um, so. You can either get it digitally or get a tape and digital. Yeah, and tapes are cool. Robert made amazing art for it. Um, the art is very yeah, good. Check it out. Friendly uh, just tidbit about if you do buy a cassette tape, um, I recommend if you have a cassette deck in your car, don't leave it in there in the hot, hot days of summer as we all slip further and further into hell during this climate catastrophe um, because my band released... Uh, 
cassettes a million years ago and then someone uh sent a text to our singer of his cassette that was left in the deck and it's just completely melted (laughs) (laughs) so do not recommend i think that's actually the last post we ever made on our band instagram for howlish is just the the melted cassette tape of outer (laughs) brutal Oh, I, I think I posted that and I made the caption, that face when your tape is too fire with a bunch of flames. <laughs> Anything coming up for you? No, not really. In August? All right. Keep on streaming Keep on. Keep on streaming. I'm trying to do more of that more of that Pokemon bullshit and whatnot. So. Yeah, that's been fun. It's been really fun and it's been a, a good challenge in all senses of the word. Well, uh, Alex, would you like to take us on a date with the Pulse Falsy? Absolutely. Rather hill <laughs> to make a deal with that Falsy. <laughs> uh, thank you to Masashi Amuzu as always. Um, leave us a review on iTunes or Spotify or anything you find us on. I'm a little rusty still. Uh, you can text us or leave us a message at five three zero Materia. That's still there. I'm trying to keep it up. You can find us at every FNFF on Twitter, Instagram, and you can join our Discord at any of those locations. And leave no trace. The podcast never existed. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Goodbye. <laughs>